Welcome to the Life in the Stocks podcast, ladies and gentlemen. My name's Matt Stocks. I'm the host, and the show features unedited, in-depth, candid conversations with a wide range of musicians, actors, comedians, and creatives. If you're not already, be sure to subscribe to Life in the Stocks on your favorite podcast platform. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and indeed all major podcast platforms. Be sure to give me a follow on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok as well, at MattStocksDJ. That way you can keep up to date with all of my live Q&A dates, my DJ performances, and of course, who's coming up on the show as well. But without further ado, let's crack on with the show, shall we? Here we go. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Let me tell you where it all began. Born to Rizal back in '61. Hello. Hey, Phil, it's Matt Stocks. How are you? Hey, Matt, how are you, mate? I'm, All right? Yeah, I'm doing very well, man. I'm, I'm really excited to have you on my show and chat to you because there is a lot of mutual friends between between myself and yourself. Um, yeah, okay. Obviously, I know you lads very well. I've known those boys about 10 years now, um, since the straight line days. But in addition to them, um, Benji Webb, Wick Crane, Matt Pritchard, Lee Dayton, Chris Dean... Charlie Renton, all of these people are good friends of mine. I know dear friends of yours as well. And Yeah, yeah, yeah. All good people there. The best people, the absolute best. I, I told the, the Sanchez boys I was chatting to you today and they said to ask you, um, do you do you still have the teapot? The ball koozie teapot that they gave you all those years ago? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, still here somewhere, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they said it was brilliant, didn't it? I forgot all about that. <laughs> the ball koozie teapot. They said the last time they saw you, it was there right next to your Grammy on the fireplace. <laughs> uh, yeah, when when they came up with that on first time I saw that on the TV, Pritchard saying the saying the ding like, "Come on, <laughs> give me a ball koozie." <laughs> <laughs> 
so funny. It's the best. And and so over the last few years, I've been going all over the country with Pritchard and Dayton doing like live right. live Q&A events. So like in Evening with Dirty Sanchez is how we've built it. And it's them just sort of talking and telling the stories from, from behind the scenes as opposed to doing all the stunts like they used to do back in the day. Right. And a story which Pritchard tells at every available opportunity because he loves it is the story of the soda bar uh, one night when it was him, you, and Stuart Cable. And he said that Stuart Cable and him were, were blowing cocaine up each other's assholes with straws. And he said you were just in the corner looking completely bemused. And, and he was like, this is Phil Campbell from Motorhead. He's seen it all. And, <laughs> and he was like, what the <laughs> fuck is wrong with you boys? <laughs> Yeah, I remember that distinctly, yeah. You remember that night? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that pretty much how it went down? What's your memory of that? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, it was. It was, uh, it was well over the top. <laughs> like, I don't think they realised what, what they were doing at the time, right? But uh, I certainly told them about it later on. Like, uh, yeah, it was, um, yeah, that's about pretty much, I think. I didn't want to get involved with that. I don't blame you, no mate. <laughs> no. <laughs> As you say, it's, that's next level over the top. I love that friendship, though. And, uh, you know, I've heard that, you know, back in the, the touring days when Sanchez and Motorhead were on the road around the same time, there was a few occasions when you were, you know, at the same festivals or whatever. And, you know, they said that they used, um, you know, Mickey sticks a few times for various stunts. And I, I just love the idea of, of Sanchez and Motorhead, you know, out there in the world you know raising hell and causing trouble for you know all the way from wales to to worldwide shenanigans it's a beautiful yeah i friendship. think it was more or less in in um just in the uk a couple of times we, we were on tour and they happened to be touring with a with a with a circus <laughs> want to call it a circus uh, so uh, so we we worked out like the times if we could manage it and uh, we managed to like yeah, we managed to catch like half a show of theirs a couple of times. I think, yeah, I think uh, it followed Mickey's drumsticks on a few occasions to do various things with. But, uh, <laughs> to put them where drumsticks should never be put. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How did you first meet them, Phil? How did you meet those guys? I, I don't know. I think it came down to a gig, a gig. It's such a long time ago now. I think, um, yeah, I think, yeah, I think it's just a motorhead show. I, I, I'm not 100% certain how we, how we met. It seems to me, because my, my mum's from, from Brecon. She was born and raised in Brecon, so I've been going to Wales my whole life, and I've got, you know, deep-rooted connections and, and memories and attachments from, you know, from the, the earliest memories that I have to Wales. And whenever I meet anybody from Wales, there's there's always a kinship there. And, you know, it seems to me that everybody in Wales seems to know each other. And, you know, it seems whatever sort of line of entertainment you're in, whether it's the Dirty Sanchez guys or, you know, obviously Benji from Skindred, yourself, that there always seems to be Stuart Cable, of course. There's always this bond between the Welsh because I think they're just good folk, aren't they? And I think that, you know, if you come from there, you never lose touch with who you are as a person. And yeah, pretty, yeah, they're all, those people you talk, you mentioned, they're all really down to earth, like, yeah. you know, they, they do, they, they do what they do, but at the end of the day, 
you know, they're down to earth and probably, you know, they're still living in Wales. Yeah. A lot of us still like it, you know. Benji loves it as well. That, that, I think that's the other thing I've noticed is obviously you're still there. I know um, Dayton and Pritchard are still with you know, the places they've lived since forever in, in Cumbrand and Cardiff and Benji's still in Newport. And that's a very telling sign as well, I think, that most people that I know from Wales, even if they travel the world and you know tr- go, go here, there and everywhere, home is still for them always going to be Wales. What do you think it is about Wales that brings you back, Phil? I just feel comfortable here, you know. It's where my family are, you know, and uh, I can chill out a bit, you know. I've been spending, I've spent loads of time in Los Angeles over the years, like, you know. My wife used to say that I spend more time in the U.S. Well, it was two for a five or six, seven years, like, than I was, I was home. But um, it gets a bit too much, you know. Living in in the major cities after a while, you know, it's a bit hectic. You know, like I I could never live in London really. You know, it's uh, I wouldn't feel comfortable there. I couldn't relax in London. So yeah, I just like coming home. Yeah, I've I've re- I've returned to where I grew up. In the course of this pandemic, I was living in London, and because of losing out on you know most of my work from DJing and touring and things, I've had to move back home for a while and. It's actually been really nice. I, I actually don't miss London at all. You know, you, you sort of, uh, you end up there because it's the industry you're in, right? And you think this is where the work is, this is where I need to be. But I don't actually miss anything about living there. <laughs> it's great no, not I being there. I can understand that. Yeah, yeah. How's about Benji? Do you, have you known him since the dub war days? How long How long have you two known each other? Uh, I don't know. About 10 or 12 years, probably. I think I've, I met him probably at one of the one of the award shows in London a long time ago. Right, right. He's a good guy. Like, yeah, we call each other up now and again. Great, great singer. Great frontman. I think everybody who knows Skindred knows that he's a great singer and frontman. But there's, unfortunately, I think for me, too few people who know what an amazing vocalist he is outside of the kind of, you know, the rag and metal stuff that he does in Skindred, which is obviously great. But, you know, I've known Benji for a long, long time and I've listened to all the other projects that he's done, whether it's Diamond Spider or, you know, this track that he's got on your solo record, which I want to get into with you um, in a moment. But he's he is such an amazing, soulful talented vocalist isn't he i think he's got one of the best if not the best voices in like the whole uk rock scene yeah definitely one of the best vocalists you know and superb frontman as well he he can i think he can sing just about anything really you know i I put him to the test on on my album it it was you know I, i should imagine a little bit out of his comfort zone. I don't think he was expecting that, really. You know, but he came. He came up, and uh, you know, he, he threw himself into it hundred percent. You know, and um, it was fantastic. Like, you know, lovely memories of watching him actually singing it, singing. You know, live there, and it was superb. So soulful. Yeah, "Dead Roses" is a beautiful song as well um did you write all the lyrics for all the tracks on that record how did the you know the, the lyric side of of the record come together no i each vocalist i kind of you know suggested 
well, you know, either just go for it, or you think, or give them, I give them an idea, an idea to what what to write about. Like, but I did, I didn't do any of the, I didn't do any of the lyrics, not on that one. No, it, it was hard enough to get the music together. But, uh, you know, it worked out great in the end, anyway. So I'm, I'm pleased I got it out. You know, I'm really so humbled that all these these great artists. They took a bit of time out to do this for me, you know. So uh, really special. <clears throat> and it's it's an incredible album. I'm not just saying that to be nice either. It is a really incredible record. And I think when sometimes you get a lot of guests on an album, and there are some amazing guests on this album, and sometimes when you have loads of guests feature, it almost like weighs the project down and the guests overshadow the songs. But with this, with this album, every single song, because it's, you know, it's a very multi-dimensional record as well. There's lots of different sounds going on. And every single song stands alone as a beautifully written, well-executed, incredible song. And the reason I asked, I did think you'd done all the lyrics is because it all does sound like a cohesive body of work, like it's all come from your mind uh, as, well, as well. That's amazing uh, that that's not the case, but it, it certainly seems that way to the listener. Yeah. Uh, you know, like I've got like Mark King from Level Forty Two. He's he's on based on Left for Dead. Yeah. You know, and he, he, it's not his usual style at all. You know, but he played he played wonderful for me. He, he played for the song. You know, it was, it was superb what he did, and I knew that's. I think he played exactly what I I'd, I'd hoped he would. He was going to come up with. You know, it's too professional. You know, he. he you know, they they do things for the songs. These guys, they weren't trying to, you know, be the, the numero uno sort of thing, you know, on each track, yeah. and as you said. But, um, yeah, it worked out perfectly in the end. It's, I'm really pleased. So you mentioned Mark great. King there. One of my favorite nights of all time, Phil. This is a, such a special evening, and I'm sure you've got great memories of it as well. Um, March the 13th, 2016, I remember the date because me and Benji share a birthday, March the 11th. And um, on this particular year, he said, Matt, this is what's happening on our, on our birthday. Make sure you get to London, Camden, the Electric Ballroom. And it, yeah, yeah. it was the Mass Mental Show. And, you know, all the best people in the world were there. Armon, Rob and his wife, Chloe, obviously Benji, obviously Wit, Mark King, who you mentioned there. Um, and am I right in thinking that was your first live show um, after, obviously, Let Me Pass? So that must have been quite a you know, very special night for you, being surrounded by all these people who love you, being back on stage and playing Ace of Spades that night. Uh, I, I don't know if it was my first time I'd been on stage. Uh, I'm not sure, actually. But um, it was the first time I did the mass mental thing, right? You know, it was a... It was a lot of fun. It was great watching everyone else, you know, do their performance. You know, it was, it was a good night. It was an amazing night. Yeah, I've still got the poster signed by everybody that played. There's about I think, 12 signatures on there. And uh, I've got that framed. Yeah, that's that's always been one of my, you know, favourite nights. That Because, I mean, it's just an amazing collection of people. And Whitfield Crane, let's talk about him for a bit. Because Whit, for me, is such a magical, unique <laughs> amazing individual um and he has talked to me at length over the years about his love for motorhead and, and how 
amazing you guys have been to him over the years, like a family. And, you know, he just talks so highly of everybody in that camp. Um, and he's, he's an amazing guy himself, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, we spoke the other day, actually. He's, um, he's sending himself in Costa Rica. Yeah, living the dream. At the, mo- at the moment, like, and, uh, yeah, he's another, ta- another talented cat, you know. He's a great singer, got a heart of gold, you know. And uh, we go back, we go back a very long time. And, um, yeah, he's, he's always, he was always welcome, you know, on, on the Motorhead bus and on stage. To sing and uh, it's a good it's a good friendship and I was really really pleased that I could get with a singer track as well. Yeah, you know? I, I bet it would have been a dream come true for him and the song that he's done. I mean, so Wit again, right? Everybody knows what a great vocalist Benji is. They might not have heard him in the particular style of Dead Roses before, but I think Wit is one of the most underrated singers in rock and roll because everybody I think who doesn't know too much about ugly kid Joe, perhaps, you know, thinks they're this one hit wonder band, but his vocal range and specific register that he can tap into is so powerful and, and soulful. And I, I love watching him sing and he's, he's just an amazing vocalist, isn't he? That I don't think gets the, the props he deserves. Yeah, there's, you know, there's, there's so many musicians, like I think don't get, you know, you claim that, they deserve, but it doesn't. It doesn't stop him. Like you know, and what's great, he's, he's quite laid back on stage. He does. He does things in his own style, and is, you know, he's quite spontaneous. And um, yeah, he's, he's just just another great guy, great talent, great great bloke. Like, did he come over to the studios to record it with you, or was he on his travels? And did he send the files in? Yeah, his files were with Yeah, he was. You know, you can never pin him down anyway. He's always been, <laughs> he's always on some beach somewhere. <laughs> or or in a hotel, yeah. He's he's always said to me that his philosophy is very much just you've got your credit card, your passport, your backpack, go. Yeah, yeah, even his backpack, yeah, that's all he needs. Yeah. <laughs> um so Two people, again, going with a mutual connection. I released a book last year, Phil, uh, based on conversations that I've had on this show over the years. Two of my good friends, two great, great vocalists and human beings. I've never heard them appear together before. And actually, both of them in my book talk about their incredibly fond memories of not only touring with Motorhead, but both performing on stage, being invited by you and Lemmy to perform uh, different tours. So Danko Jones and Nick Oliveri. Um, both of those guys just think the you know the sun shines completely everywhere motorhead goes all over the world you know they adore everything about motorheads and they both are still fans at heart and getting those two together what a genius move was that your idea to put them together or how did that come about yeah it was my idea i think I, you know i wanted them both on the album and uh i had the track there which i thought they could be useful on you know and make a mark on it and everything. And, uh, yeah, it worked out great. I was really pleased. It's like, again, so happy to have him on, you know, you go back a long way as well. And, uh, I played on, you know, I played on some of their stuff and they, you know, know, uh, they played on mine and everything. And it was always great touring with them, you know, always fun to get somebody up on stage as well, you know, and, uh, 
so yeah, it couldn't have gone any better for me with a solo record. Really, I was so lucky. You know, the the gods were uh, the gods were aligned for a change. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think it's a, just an amazing record. Those two together as well, they sound so great together. It's such an amazing pairing. They're both such powerful vocalists. You know, they're real powerhouses. Those guys, physically, sonically, everything, and and hearing them just like go, that song itself so did they write the lyrics together how how did the lyrics for for walk the talk come Nick about did, Nick did his chorus first the chorus lyrics right and nick sang on the chorus and then i had danko to do to write the verse you know to fit along with the chorus and it was yeah it was great and I mean the three big boys. We'll have to talk about them. And sorry, we're just going through all the tracks, but they're all too good to not mention. Phil, um, Rob Halford, Alice Cooper, and D. Snyder. Uh, that's kind of like the holy trinity of of heavy metal, right there. Um, incredible. And I guess the relationships with all of them date back years and years and years and years over all the tours and you know encounters you must have had. And uh, what a special thing to have not one, not two, but all three of those guys on an album and all those songs so different as well and work so well for each singer. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, what else? I don't know what else to say. You know, they did a fantastic job for me. You know, they, they took a time out, you know, they're all pretty busy, very busy guys anyway. And, uh, they took the time out and, you know, did what I, I asked them, you know, and lent the talent and, and, you know, be wonderfully created on the songs, you know, and uh, so, yeah, it was good. Was it, was it a therapeutic and enjoyable process? And I know your, your son Todd produced the album as well. That must have been really fucking cool, creating it with him. Um was it a very rewarding and enriching and positive experience, this record? It sounds like it is. It sounds just like all joy, all love, good vibes from start to end. Yeah, it was, you know, because Todd's like my right-hand man, especially like recording. He knows he knows what I, what I like and, you know, he knows how, what I'm not going to like and everything, you know, and... Um, He's wonder. He's wonderful. He's an amazing. He's an amazing producer and engineer. You know his production. So, like on the new album, on the with the bastards. You know, yeah, incredible, massive sounds on that. But I feel at home in the in our in our studio with you know with Todd. And uh, yeah, it was a good. It was a good vibe. You know, it, was, it, it took twenty years coming. It, from uh, <laughs> I was reading that. The yeah, the German. Yeah, we in the studio. We've still got we've still got a magazine, and the magazine is from like 1996, <laughs> and it's me saying in a magazine like, "Oh yeah, I'm hoping to start my solo record soon." <laughs> you know, if we looked at the date in the magazine, I think it's 1996. So uh, <laughs> that's when I first started waffling on about it. We finally got it done a couple of years ago. 
<laughs> makes Chinese democracy look like an overnight record. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. The, the big, the big sort of hook for me as well is so the first song in just to kind of finish on the solo record, the first song in um, rocking chair, I was like, wow, is the whole album going to be like this? And I was down for that ride. If it was, I think it makes all the hard hitting, you know, heavy balls out rock tracks that follow all the more enjoyable and powerful. But that first song in who is Phil Leon Stanford? I've never heard that guy before. He's, um, He's in Tyler's other band, uh, the people, the poet, he's right. the singer, and he's a, he's, he's a great lyricist and an amazing vocalist. You know, it's him and Tyler they write in songs together all, all the time. You know, a people, a poet, an amazing band in their own right. And uh, yeah, Leon came down and he he kind of interviewed me for asked me questions for like an half an hour and had his notebook and he, and he, he wrote about this, uh, you know the lyrics that started my career and basically the, my musical journey Yeah, and now uh, yeah he, he, um, he nailed it he absolutely you know, nailed it. He absolutely good, huh? nailed it. He did such a good job. That's why I thought again that perhaps you'd written all the lyrics, as it sounds that song so personal. You know, it's obvious that it's your story, but it sounds like it's personally coming, you know, from your mouth. The words are so specific and, and well detailed and just bang I only on. got a, I only got the best on my album, Matt. Only the best. <laughs> no, you do. We <laughs> all got something special, like, you know. But it, it was good. I didn't know how it would be you know, taken really the album because uh, I guess a lot of people are just expecting a bunch of, you know, motorhead type riffs mm. and songs, you know, but I, I took a bit of a gamble, I guess, and, uh, you know, did some other, yeah, other stuff. Some of the songs I'd, I've had for a long time, you know, I wanted to get them out of my system. So, um, yeah, I had great reviews for it. So, uh, it was wonderful, yeah. Well, that Swing It song with Alice Cooper... It couldn't have gone any better, like, pardon? The Swing It song with Alice Cooper is, you know, that stands alongside some of his best Alice Cooper songs of, like, the last 30 years for me. It's such a good track, that one. And I think, really, the ace in the, the whole of the whole album is Left for Dead. I was listening to that, because I'd never heard of Skin before. They're one of those bands that must have just, for whatever reason, eluded me. And I was like, who is this fucking vocalist? Such a, an emotive, beautiful voice. And that song... Yeah, another, another Welshman, yeah. Great singer. He's, he's in about 100 times now. I'll have to check them out because I loved his voice instantly. As soon as I heard it, I was like, wow, this is a great voice. You're right, Phil. Strictly yeah, the best. Neville, Neville MacDonald, yeah. They, they, uh, they, his band have played with Bernie Mars done a few times on some shows. Right on. did Bernie. It's with Hand of Dimes, they're called, yeah. Yeah, if anybody's listening to this now and they haven't heard the record, I strongly suggest the first thing they do when this conversation's over is go check it out. Old Lions Still Raw. And, you know, then there's just people like Mick Mars and Matt Sorum and Ray from Korn, all these other amazing musicians all over the record as well. The line that really got me, the, the line that really got me, Phil, in the first song is before the young ones and the bastard sons. And that's... That, from that moment, I was instantly hooked in because am I right in thinking your first gig with Motorhead was on The Young Ones? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it wasn't long after I joined. Was, we recorded a new version of Ace of Spades, and then I think I think within a couple of days we were in the BBC studio, like doing it. Yeah, that was the first gig, the first uh, you know public engagement at the, the Royal say. That's amazing. How how was that experience? Did you get any time with with Rick and Aid and? Did you get to yeah 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 they, bond they with those guys? Yeah, yeah, it was it was fun. It was, it was fun watching them clown about. <laughs> and everything. <laughs> Aid, I interviewed Aid Edmondson years ago, and he told me an interesting story. So the reason there was—I don't know whether you knew this—the reason there's music in all the young one shows is because they couldn't get a budget from the comedy department of the BBC, so it had to go through. I think the light entertainment, and part of that you know, caveat was that you had to have a live song in each episode. Oh, so, really? so, so, <laughs> so the reasoning behind it, because obviously Madness was in it as well, and there was all these iconic performances, but the reasoning was actually to get it through the BBC, <laughs> that had to be written into their contracts that each episode needed a song. Because they had to go to the light entertainment department. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, so you've got Motorhead. They didn't really want us. They didn't really want us. It was <laughs> It was a necessity for them. <laughs> and you've got Motorhead, like the world's loudest band in the light entertainment department. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny, yeah. <laughs> um, so the new, the new Bastard Sons record, We're the Bastards, that's out as well. And um, you guys have been doing, COVID aside, of course, quite a few tours and shows. And, and how's it been going on the road? I assume you, your sons will have been out on the road with you, you know, just with you a lot in the past. But how is it playing with, you know, Tyler, Dane and Todd? And um, that must be such a beautiful, special, rewarding experience every night jamming with you lads. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's incredible. You know, it's a bit strange at first, you know, after so many years with Motorhead. But, yeah, um, yeah we've got... Um, We've got it on pretty good now, you know. Um, we we love playing live. We, you know, last year unfortunately was our was going to be our busiest year. We had Guns and Roses shows and we had festivals all over the bloody planet and all that. So, uh, but um, yeah, it's, it's it's great now. You know, so you know, a lot of times I'm I'm forgetting I'm on stage with, with my kids. You know, I just you know, it just feels like I'm in a, a new kick-ass rock band, you know. Amazing, yeah. And then you, you think a light bulb comes on and, oh, my God, kids, you know, they're, they're all so great at what they do. You know, and we've, had, we've got a good live reputation as well. You know, you know, we were the last, the last shows we did, the last, you know, bunch of tours, the, the attendances were really good, so uh, it's been picking up. It's picking up well, you know. Yeah, it's and, uh, building. And we put out this this great album, you know, with thirteen track, thirteen original track album in November, and it's all it's all slamming on that, you know. I think everyone performed wonderfully, you know, you know, and uh, the songwriting's brilliant, the production is brilliant. What more do you want? You know, just turn the volume up. What's the singer's name yeah. as well? He's a great vocalist, great little frontman as well. Neil, Neil Starr. Yeah, he is a star. There you go. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I watched you guys quite a few nights on the, the Airborne tour that you did. Airborne as a band, but Joel and Ryan, the brothers in particular, are, are two of my best friends as well. And I've, you know, just been all around the world with those guys, loved them to bits. And uh, I was actually there in the studio because I made a documentary about them. And I was there in the studio when they were filming the music video to It's All for Rock and Roll. Um, and obviously, you know, you guys loaned them the bomber plane for that video and you know i was chatting to joel it was all on fil- yeah. all on film and in the documentary um and he was just you know he was underneath the thing on the set talking about you know how much it meant to have you guys you know in the same way that you know i guess with with ugly kid joe and the way you let them use the motorhead font and the you know the icon for their merch and things like that like you guys don't do that for just anyone and you know that's like the you know the the hand of friendship that I know means the world to people like Wit and and the Airborne guys, and they had a great day making that video with the bomber on on set. It was a special day. Yeah, with a font thing, that was supposed to be a one-off. <laughs> I, I did it for, for Wit, and all this is still they're still using it. It's supposed to be a one-off, a single. I said, "Oh, go on, then. just just, just this time, <laughs> bastard." <laughs> That's amazing. He's running with it. <laughs> but yeah, I was going to say you were great on that airborne tour. Absolutely great every night. I love watching you play. And um, I'm sure when things reopened, because didn't you have a massive German tour planned as well? Loads of dates in Germany. Is that like a hot spot for the band? You seem to be doing pretty well down there. Yeah, yeah. I think we had a lot. We had a lot planned. You know, we had. Uh, we were going to play. We were going to play. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, Spurs Ground with, with Guns N' Roses as well, and some other shows. But they got they got bottled as well, like everything else. So yeah, we had a really full year last year. We ended up playing zero, zero shows. Wow. Well, you'll be back, I'm sure. And I mean, has any part of it been for you enjoyable having the downtime, or are you eager to? to get back out there and, and get back to doing what you do best? Well, it's nice nice to recharge your batteries a bit, you know. And, but um, I think it's, I think everyone's aching now to, to tread the boards again, you know. And uh, it's going to be great. The audiences are going to be ecstatic, you know, and the fans are going to be happy with playing again. And uh, the volume's going to be a bit louder. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, it's a lot to look forward to in the not too distant future. I hope. Amen. Yeah, I've, everybody that I've spoken to is in. I mean, this is the first time that I think everybody in the world has been in the same boat. I think that's one of the few interesting and positive things about this whole ordeal is it seems like everybody for the first time ever is on the same page of wanting the same things and in the same position and yeah, yeah. having experienced the same things. The world has never stood still before like this, you know. And there's so many casualties and, yeah, you know, it sucks. So uh, quicker, the quicker everything's sorted out, the better, basically. Would you ever do a book, Phil? Is that something that interests you or...? I did. Uh, I was approached, and I did an initial meeting with two wonderful guys. Came over from Sweden, and I, I decided I don't want to do it now. 
I just want to keep things to myself a lot of it. I appreciate that and respect that. Yeah, and there must be so many fond memories, so many fond memories. And, uh, you know, what what a life, hey? Yeah, no, I'm not, not complaining, yeah. We, uh, we had a good laugh from Odred, you know. And we did play rock and roll, and uh, we had a good time along the way, good ride. And it's not over yet, and, the, you know, there's still plenty of gas uh-huh. left in the tank with the bastards. And uh, too now, yeah. Congratulations on on an amazing new record. And as I said, that solo album for me is one of the best solo albums I've I've ever I've ever heard. I think it's and just you know knowing so many people on it as well really heightened my enjoyment. But you know hearing Nick and Danko together in that way, and hearing Benji, and you know getting exposed to new singers like Leon and Nev, and and yeah, it's just it's an amazing record. And um, it's been really nice to chat to you today, man. It's something I've wanted to do for a long time, and. You know, I understand that you don't do a lot of these, so I do appreciate you you giving up the time and and coming on the show for a chat. And uh, hopefully, when things are back open and you're out with the boys, I can come down to one of the shows and say hello in person. Yeah, definitely. I'll drag Pritchard and Dayton along, and <laughs> no, not too many. <laughs> and uh, yeah, well, <laughs> I'll tell them to leave their straws and their powder at home, though. <laughs> All right, definitely. Yeah, no, it's been nice talking to you as well, Matt. Nice one, mate. Um, have a great day. Okay, have a great day. And uh, All, right, all the best, Chief. Till next time, Phil. Nice one, mate. Yeah. Okay. Bye bye. See you again. Thank you. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, 
plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.